0: All right, there we go. Sorry about that. So Proverbs chapter 4 is where we've made it to, and I encourage you to read along. Make sure that what I'm saying is right, and that you're reading it the same way. Uh, As we continue in our study, we're focusing, as we've been talking about every Sunday morning, these first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs, and continuing to study the Father's wisdom to the Son. We're continuing to take a look at the father's exhortation to his son. Okay, the father pleading to the son to get wisdom, to get understanding, knowledge, discernment between good and evil. Many challenges presented for all of us here, many challenges presented to the son. The son is at a fork in the road. can either follow the path of wisdom and righteousness or follow the path of folly and folly inevitably will lead to our destruction last week we made it to proverbs 4 i believe about verse 14 or 15 or so i'm just going to start at verse 10 and just try to give this some context for us this morning but before we get into proverbs 4 i'm going to go ahead and say a word of prayer if you'd bow with me please Most holy God, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Lord, we are so thankful to be here, to be assembled as a body of your people this morning, to worship you in spirit and in truth because you are God. We are thankful for the light of a new day. We're thankful for the opportunity for a new day to be better and to strive to be more of what you've called us to be today than maybe we've been in the past. We're so thankful for Jesus, for the hope that's found in his resurrection. We pray this morning, Lord, that you would impart your wisdom into our minds and our hearts, and that that wisdom may change us. And it's in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen. All right. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 10 says, Hear, my son, and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction and do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it, do not go on it, turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they've done wrong, they're robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Okay, so last week I believe we mentioned this connection in verse 10 between words and life. And we see that over and over again in Proverbs. We've already seen it so many times in these first few chapters, and we see it throughout the Bible. Can you think of any examples of the connection between words and life in the New Testament? Anything jump out at you? Words and life. Where where do we remember hearing that from in the New Testament? Right, yeah. John chapter 6. Jesus said, My words are spirit and they are life. Okay? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. Okay? Echoing what Moses had said so many years earlier. So words and life. And we need to get the picture. The Father says, I've taught you. And in verse 12, When you walk... You're not going to stumble. But keep hold of instruction and protect it. Guard the instruction that is within you. That has come into your heart. Remember back in Proverbs chapter 2, wisdom will come into your heart. Do not enter the path of the wicked. We mentioned last week verse 15, avoid it, do not go on to it, turn away from it and pass on. So don't take the first step, completely avoid the path of the wicked. And the son has got to be aware, as all young people should be aware, and all ages in general, the simple, as we've been reading about, be aware that there are bad people in this world. Don't be deceived. Do you think that young people may tend to be more naive of that? People are generally good. Most people are pretty good that's right It depends on their exposure and the father has exposure and that's what he's telling the son be observant be aware this is a dark world even if you haven't experienced it yet and in verse 17 they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence what's the lesson there in verse 17 Yeah, it's 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 constantly on their mind. They are choosing to eat this bread of wickedness and this wine of violence. So be careful what we're eating. Be careful what we are putting into our hearts and into our minds, brother Wayne. Do you have something?
1: And they have a taste for wickedness. And then,
0: not only that, they get stupid by people who are drunk in do it. So, I mean, it's, it's not. That's a pretty picture. It's a, a path that is incredibly destructive. So be careful what we're eating. And then in verse 18, But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. What's the picture there in verse 18 of this path of, of righteousness? The path of our spiritual lives shines brighter and brighter. The point is this: this gradual progression. That you know, if you remember back at the very beginning of Proverbs chapter one verse five, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. This transformation that is taking place, this power of the Word of God to change our hearts and to change our lives and to govern our pattern of behavior and thought from the inside out. That's what we're talking about. This is a gradual progression. We're not going to be pure in heart overnight. It's not going to happen. It's going to take time. And as we've seen so many times, particularly in chapter 2 of Proverbs, we've got to strive strenuously, call out for insight, seek it as silver and hidden treasure. Okay, there's effort that is going to have to take place. But with that, we can increase in wisdom and increase in learning. What about brighter and brighter until full day? What do you think that means? And I don't know that I have the answer to this, but I'm just curious what y'all thought.
2: Goes away, and the light comes in, and that's it. Gradually grows as the sun. So it basically is shining light in darkness.
0: Like that, I didn't think of that, Mr. Reza. That's the nature of sunlight. It's, it is exposing darkness. Yes, sir.
1: I'm not a real good hiker. But if I was hiking and I started before daylight, like the first thing I wanted to know was is what I to stumble on. You don't see the path very well until daylight comes. And then in full day, you not only see the path, you see all the dangers that might be approaching from far off.
0: You, you just yeah. Right. Yeah, the fool doesn't know over what they stumble. They're just wandering uh, no prudence at all for the future. They're just waking up and doing whatever it is they want to do. Um, will we ever stop increasing in our wisdom? Of the Lord does that ever end hopefully not, hopefully not. I think of um, David in Psalm 27 he was like one thing I asked for and this shall I seek that I shall dwell in your temple be, behold the beauty of your face and inquire in your temple you know it seemed like David just wanted to be in heaven just to ask God questions And just to continue to learn and increase in his wisdom and gain more and more wisdom, realizing the source, that God is the source of wisdom and all knowledge and understanding. Do we want to go to heaven just to increase in wisdom and ask God questions? It's a powerful picture. But the way of wicked is like deep darkness. They don't know over what they stumble. And as we've mentioned time and again in these first few chapters of Proverbs, why do the fool, why does the fool hate light? Why do those living in darkness hate the light? Excuse me.
2: Okay.
0: Okay. They're exposed. So their need for change is exposed. Okay? Um, You know, I was thinking about John 3. And we all know John 3.16. And that's the most famous Bible verse of all time. But John 3.19, just a few verses later, Jesus said, This is the judgment. The light has come into the world. People love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So going all the way back to chapter 1, verse 7 of Proverbs, a cornerstone for this entire book, fools hate wisdom and instruction. But the counter of that is to fear the Lord, to realize our position before God and our dependence on His wisdom and His knowledge in our lives, because it is life-giving. Does that make sense? Yes, sir? It
3: does make sense. I was going to add that I think in in verse 18, the shining brighter and brighter, a person who's pursuing wisdom sees more clearly the more you understand God's Word. whereas. Verse 19, which you're about to hit, the person who walks in darkness, it just becomes more confusing and less sure and uncertain. So the, the, they're opposing each other. walk in darkness, you're just going to be less clear, more uncertain, for further loss, Not understanding what you're stumbling on, in verse 19. In other words, I don't get... And yet the person who's pursuing wisdom, it just becomes clearer and clearer. Your way becomes brighter and brighter. As sort of as Wayne says, as the point around the night, the morning light comes up. Once that sun sits noon,
0: you see, you should be able to see the path very, very well. That's a great point. Do you think the path of wickedness gets darker? You bet. So just as the path of righteousness becomes brighter and brighter, and more and more clear, and more and more sure, and confident in God and His promises wickedness, you just become more and more entangled. Yes, sir? I was just going to say, when
2: people go to the dark, they go so they won't
0: be seen.
2: But God sees everything. Yes. He can see in the total
0: darkness. He sure does. And, and there's a great verse uh, in the next chapter about that. So hold that thought if we get to it this morning. God sees all. Um, and we've talked about the secrecy of, of sin and how Sinners and the fools dwelling in secrecy as opposed to the openness of wisdom Continuing on verse 20 my son be attentive to my words Incline your ear to my sayings Let them not escape from your sight so we see Ears to hear eyes to see Okay keep them within your heart heart For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. You know, we've seen this challenge that the father keeps telling the son not to forget, let them not escape, be attentive, continue to pay attention to my words. Why do you think he would keep telling him just don't forget, don't forget? What's the tendency of, of sin? What can sin cause someone to do?
2: Forget
0: who they are, absolutely. You bet. You bet. And who
2: they belong to because it, it's just selfishness that brings us harder to what the
0: Don't forget who you are. Don't forget who God is and what He has called you to be. For they are life to those who find them, and healing to all their flesh. And then in verse 23, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. It's one of my favorite Bible verses of all time. It's so popular and for such good reason. Keep your heart with all vigilance. He couldn't have used any other stronger of a way of saying the necessity of keeping your heart all vigilance. We cannot be passive about our heart. And contrasted to the fool, in verse 17, they, the fool, eats the bread of wickedness, drinks the wine of violence. Well, in verse 23, what should the wise person be eating? The wisdom of God, the Word of God. How do we guard our hearts? How do we keep our hearts? Yeah, sir.
2: Jews had a problem back then and God gave up on them. He turned them loose and let their whole country be destroyed. Because they misinterpreted His Word, but they took it and did what they wanted with it. We have to watch out for that today. To make sure that the Word of God is the Word of God, not some twisted way we
4: want to use it.
0: Yeah, so the pure and holy Scripture of God To guard our hearts, to protect our hearts, is to internalize this wisdom of God. Again, going back to chapter 2, verse 10, wisdom will come into your heart. And then knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. There's a transformation that's taking place. So to protect our hearts, we have to be careful of what we're putting in. Realizing that what we put in is ultimately, inevitably, going to come out. And there are so many verses in the Bible about this subject. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Um, What goes into our hearts and our minds will ultimately come out of our mouth. And so we've got to be careful about that. Our heart, from it flow these springs of life. Uh, Jesus in Matthew chapter 12. See. Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 37. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you're evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure bring, brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Keep your heart with all vigilance. Do y'all, um, do y'all know what a spring house is? Do you have one? You probably had one at one point. A spring house? Yeah, I um, Yeah? I think about that a lot. Um, and it's so, such a picture of what this means to me. Um, if you're not familiar with what a spring house is, um, when the pioneers were settling this country, life was dependent upon water. So you needed a source of clean drinking water or you weren't going to live. So when you would come across a spring, or excuse me, a creek or a branch, if you will, they would head up that creek and they would follow it to where it began. And where it began was a natural spring. And if it was conducive, they would build a house over that spring to protect it, to keep leaves out of it, to keep animals out of it. And then they would build their homestead there. And that's how this country began. And all the old farms everywhere you go to just about uh, have a, a spring house on them. But it's the same idea here. We are to have a spring house that we build over our hearts, that protects our hearts, because from it flow these springs of life. It was where
1: they preserved If you had milk, there was no refrigeration. Right. So you would, and I can remember my grandparents, so you would go in there, and there were little off-bottom that was a creek. And they would set milk down there. Mm-hmm. And when they made butter, they'd set the butter down in there. And if you think about that, like a heart, it's mm-hmm. where you preserve what you had learned.
0: Right. Yeah, there, there's a lot there. Um, anyhow, continuing on verse 24, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. How does, how, do, how does the young person, how are they supposed to know the difference in wise and crooked speech, foolish speech? What's the difference? How can you, how can you tell the difference in wise and foolish speech? There So many proverbs about speech and the nature of wise speech versus foolish speech. Uh, proverbs 12:23, "A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims folly. So wise people, there's a humility, there's a disposition of wise people, whereas the heart of fools, proclaims folly. Again, speaking from your heart. They're broadcasting folly. Um, Proverbs 18.4, Proverbs 16.23, chapter 10.20, chapter 26. It is over and over and over again that our speech is indicative of the nature of our hearts and where our hearts lie. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. What's the instruction there for the, the sign? Yes, yeah, sir.
4: Um, I was going to say, as far as, um, I think this is all connected with watching the heart and keeping the heart. Um, like, there's an internal and an external aspect of what we're doing in the spiritual life. So, um, we come to know God, and then through that knowledge of God, we come to know uh, ourselves both the evil that we are capable of and God's purpose for us. So when we watch our hearts, um, the scriptures and the wisdom there informs us of how we should speak and how we should walk. And uh, we stop relying so much on ourselves because part of watching the heart is that we hide things from ourselves. We're not honest with ourselves. We need God to show us. So if we just go off of if just go off of what seems right to us, uh, we're going to go the wrong way. Um, I think I think it was Shakespeare that said some, uh, the quote is something like uh, the 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 wise man knows himself to be a fool, but the fool doesn't think he is wise. So when uh, we when we come to God and we accept that we know nothing and we need God to teach us everything, then the question becomes: Is what I'm saying or what I'm doing coming from that?
0: That's, That's, That's a great point. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, being not wise in your own eyes. Yes, sir. It kind of repeats
2: itself. It's talking about life, <coughs> then now it's talking about the path. It mentioned path earlier. It's all about, you know, your you're a whole behavior in your life, what
0: are you doing? Easily you can walk. Yeah, look look to god set your mind and your heart on things above what are we looking for okay ponder the path before your feet and all your ways to be sure so be prudent look to where our actions are going to lead and we don't have to wonder do not swerve to the right or to the left <clears throat>
2: following the group or you were off the path, that is the scariest feeling ever. To not know where the path is and that experience it is, it is terrifying. Because you with the group you don't know where they are and if you just be here you can't find them.
0: Right. Yeah, but the the instruction of the Lord is clear and and his reproofs will keep us on the right path if we Turn aside. Um, you know, Paul on Ephesians 4, be careful how you walk. Okay, this picture comes up over and again. Knowing that this is poetry that we're reading, do you think there's a message that he brings up our eyes, let them not escape from your sight, brings up our heart, our ear, speech, so our tongue? Um, looking directly before us, pondering the path of our feet. What's the picture there? Why mention all these different aspects of our anatomy? What does that say about wisdom?
2: That's right.
0: That's right. Wisdom... Once allowed to come into your heart, it will change you and it is pervasive. It will change every part of you. It, there, is no, there is nothing about your whole body or soul or being that it will not touch and affect. This is a complete transformation. It will change what you look at. It will change how you talk, people you hang around. It will change places you go, places you don't go. So, a strong message there. We're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Romans 12, not conformed to this world, because the world is evil. Okay, any thoughts or comments on chapter 4 before we continue on? Yes, sir. I I
3: like the thought of everything around the heart where it says above all else. So, you're going to talk about all these other things that can take you off your path. Above all else guard your heart and keep your heart I I think of what Jesus said in Matthew I believe chapter 6 where he said um, for where your treasure is there your heart will be also so whatever you think you might want to pursue whatever your eyes might want to pursue or things that are illustrations if you're guarding your heart if you're keeping your heart in check And here's what I think of Jacob and will relate to this because you talked in the book of Leviticus. God is a holy God. He has absolutely one focus. It's pure. It's unadulterated. It's not divided. And it's redeeming mankind so that mankind can be with Him in heaven. We are not in the same. We're not even close to being in the same realm that he is as far as his holiness and i think what the message here is keep your heart holy keep your heart set apart for his cause and then your feet and your eyes and all these other things your heart is right it, you should be able to apply the discipline to be able to avoid the temptations where Satan may want to take the members of, of your flesh and it's just I just, I really haven't just thought of this whole
2: section. seems to be
0: about a couple of all Yeah, If if you keep your heart pure, then everything else will follow. Um, That's uh, incredibly instructive and and protective for the sun for reasons that I think we'll see in chapter 5 also. Um, Our hearts are... um, Indicative of our future um, so and, and what comes from our mouth is there's a lot of connection there between what's in our hearts and where we're going to be down the road. so keep it pure. great points. in chapter five uh, chapter five we come onto to a new subject but it's not new in Proverbs. We've already talked about the adulterous woman. In chapter 2, at the end of chapter 2, the back half of chapter 2, and the father picks back up here in chapter 5, warning against adultery. <clears throat> reads, My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding. Okay, we saw that in chapter 4 already. My father taught me. He told me these things. And now I'm telling you, okay, it comes from God, but, but here he's saying, You listen to my wisdom, my understanding, that you may keep discretion, and your lips may guard knowledge. For the lips of a forbidden, for the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil, but in the end she is bitter as wormwood, sharp. As a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path to Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander. And she does not know it. So the first few verses, the Father is saying, please listen. Please pay attention. Please understand that the world is bad, that there are people out there that you need to be aware of, you are vulnerable as a younger person. What do you think that he means by your lips guarding knowledge there in, in verse 2? What's the picture there?
4: Yes, sir. Well, if you have, uh, if you have wisdom, Engage in behavior that's not compatible with God's wisdom, then you've lost your your wisdom, at least uh, as far as it relates to being
0: able to convey it to other people. Great point, great point. So, how do we uh, know how to handle yourself in in relation to other people? Okay know who you're dealing with and how to handle yourself your lips guard knowledge contrasted to the lips of a forbidden woman and what is the mark of the forbidden woman's speech it's like honey it's temptation
1: Oh, you know, and he did have command where he couldn't, he didn't have to go. Across. But what he was saying was it's it was still a temptation to avoid what was coming. And I think when your <clears throat> words stand between that, preserve knowledge, it's kind of that, you know, if I go that direction, it's going to yeah. So, ha- get out of the way. Don't no. to say that to me.
0: And he knew that because he knows where that kind of thinking is going to gonna lead.
1: And I think to people who are tempted, and everybody's tempted at something,
0: whatever it is, is self-done Right. Exercising self-control. But the forbidden woman's speech is dripping honey, smoother than all. So it appears real good it sounds great what could go wrong okay Uh, if you think back to chapter one the enticement of sinners how surface their persuasion is because ultimately they're going to be destroyed and with the speech of the adulterous woman the end she is as bitter as wormwood which is a poison and sharp as a two-edged sword, so she cuts both ways. And her feet go down to death. Down to death. Okay, we've, this is the second time this has come up already in the first few chapters of Proverbs. The adulterous woman in that path, you're going to die. That's that's just ultimately where that's going to lead. That's going to be a spiritual death. And if you're not careful, it could... Maybe at times lead to a physical death as well. She doesn't ponder the path of life. So she's not considering the the path of righteousness. She's just wandering and she doesn't know it. Again, back to the the fool who is just doesn't know what she's stumbling over. In verse 7 And now, O sons, listen to me. Do not depart from the words of my mouth words of my mouth keep your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house how close are we supposed to get to the adulterous woman
1: Don't walk Don't walk
0: not close at all okay he couldn't have put it any stronger if he tried that's the key verse here, the, the instructive verse. Verse 8, keep your way far from her. Don't even go near the door of her house. Not much less go in and talk to her. Don't even go near the door of her house. Don't think about it. Lest you give your honor to others and your years to the merciless. So here in these next couple verses, he's getting into the repercussions of that sin. Giving your honor away to others and your years to the merciless. What does that mean? Giving your honor away to others?
2: Example of losing your own honor. It's the example of you've lost your honor because you gave it away somebody that
0: in That's right. So if you commit this sin... Any respect, any honor that you had, either for yourself or from other people, that's going to be gone. Um, If you commit this sin, people are not going to forget it, and you won't ever forget it either. God will forgive you if you repent, but you're going to suffer the consequences on this earth, and there's no way around it. If you commit this sin... Your kids are going to know it, and they're going to remember it forever. Their wives and their kids are going to remember it forever, even after you're dead and gone. They won't ever forget it. When they think of your name, they're going to think of that sin forever. And that's just the way it is. And you're going to suffer the consequences. In your years, so this is not not going to be over with in a weekend or a couple weeks, years you're going to give away to the merciless. Lest strangers take their fill of your strength and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. Strangers taking their fill of your strength and your labors, the laboring that you have done is going to go to the house of foreigners, it's going to be wasted away. What's the strength he might be talking about there in chapter 10 or verse 10? <clears throat> And, and maybe yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so learn it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Yes, sir. I
2: think it's ironic that he he refers to wisdom all these chapters as a female. Mm -hmm. And now he's talking about a female forbidden woman leading you astray. It's it's, it's ever so slight.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that is the the context of these first nine chapters. And and that theme's developing of Lady Folly and Lady Wisdom. And they're both vying for the interest of the young man and his attention. And that's why he's gotta be so careful of which which lady he listens to. Uh, Maybe giving your strength away, giving away any power of influence that you might have for the good over other people, your credibility is gonna be shot, okay? At the end of your life, you groan when your flesh and body are consumed and you say, how I hated discipline and my heart despised reproof. We'll pick back up there next week. Thank you everybody for your comments this morning.